one of the all-time favorite shows. So in love with you, whatever you want to do is all right with me. Cause you make me feel so brand new. That's right, listeners. It's that time of year for romance and her. You're very welcome to episode 26 of Because You Are Home, where we talk about all things romantic in her. Ema, you need to be moonlighting as some sort of like presenter on 92.8 KISS yeah. FM. I reckon I'll get the 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. slot. I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, the lad used to say it. when I was growing up that I had a face for radio. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> anyway, it is our, this is our Valentine's Day episode. But because I like to think you can have romance. And you can have her because who says you cannot have both? both. Not these two gals. <laughs> really, but, the way to our heart is actually a good horror. <laughs> yeah. As, or as the other phrase is, what's the way to a man's heart? Through his ribcage. Um, Wine, dine and terrify us. Yeah. But I, at the same time, I was only saying to you, I'm, there's a part of me that just doesn't really like Valentine's Day because I feel that romance needs to be like guerrilla warfare. It just comes out of nowhere. I mean, like romance, a nice show and then retreat. And then, you know, it's so it's just like, say, for instance, I might come home from work. My husband works from home right now, thanks to COVID. And I'll come home from work. And on the lunchtime, he bought me a bouquet of flowers. I'm like, for no reason, that's just really nice. That's Super my cute. idea of romance. Yeah. Um. But like, you know, as they say, love can make the world go round and your other half can make your life whole and may fill your days with happiness. But also there's a dark underbelly to romance, like, you know, the desperation of the nightclub on a Saturday at 2.30 when you're like, I don't want to go home alone. We've all yeah. seen that around us like an animal. I was program. about to say we've all been there, but I know you <laughs> haven't. No, I, 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 for a while, I, I, I visited that place. <laughs> <laughs> but as well, you have love, happiness, romance, and then you have the fear of being alone, the jealousy, you know, if I can't have you, no one can, you have that dark side to romance, mm-hmm. um, which the horror genre can tap into so well. Yes. Um, so now this episode, we're looking into romance in horror, but we're flipping it next week where yeah. we're looking at the dark side, the unre- unrequited love side of romance and, you know, the revenge, revenge. Sorry. Yes, that's it. So it's all things anti-romance. <laughs> the um, three or romance, revenge and <laughs> not another or unrequited. <laughs> well, you just capital or the required one. Requited. <laughs> But so uh, I said in the last episode that I had two films I was going to discuss as we kind of did that flipping over. So if anyone couldn't tell, my first choice is going to be Bram Stoker's Dracula. And I'll leave the second one as a wee bit of a surprise for the end. So Bram Stoker's Dracula, Francis Ford Coppola, 1992. 
the most romantic horror film I have ever come across. I remember like I'd watched it when I was younger as a child and I remember like rewatching it in college with some friends and myself and one of my other friends were like, oh, this is such a romantic film. Like the man, like the famous phrase, I have crossed oceans of time just to be with you. I'm like, oh, oh that gets me. I remember Every- when we were on a COVID break mm-hmm. and we were able to actually be with people for a little bit what's that like I know what, what is that now? um and we were having a conversation with Ellen who was on our one of our episodes during mm-hmm. um during Halloween and the two of you talking about this movie it was like two schoolgirls talking yeah. about the loves of their lives absolutely like it, it is such a love where it's like he is willing to kill maim anyone who gets in his way to his sweet Elizabeth uh, is what I'm just like oh yeah the man could do that not really because then there's a tale of destruction in his path um, but there is that like the schoolgirl romance the teenage love where you want that passion you want someone who's willing to like tear down the world yes. for you uh, in reality I'm sure it's not as nice um, <laughs> like this is like, like is it is it nice or a red flag? It's know. only nice if the guy is good looking. If you flip that, if you were to take on some of the more uglier looking vampires that are depicted in other films, like Nosferatu, if you had Kent Orlock chasing after you, going, I love you, I love you. You'd be like, get away from me, you toothy bastard. Um, <laughs> I suppose it, it, it all depends on your, your definition of, because I'm sure there's somebody who'd be like, Yes, you toothy bastard. Mm. <laughs> Give yes, it to me. Egg. It's yeah. only nice if you are also a willing participant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And yeah. the beauty for me is that ride bag Gary Oldman. Oh. <laughs> to this day, it's I and I'm like, like a fine wine just gets better. Um, but yeah, so I remember, I mean, I even had a conversation with my dad about Bram Stoker's Dracula and he goes, that's a very romantic film, isn't it? And I was like, a round of applause. I was like, yes, yes, it is. Preach. Because I'm like, for someone else to see it as being romance, it's like, it's not just me, but it's like, it's a gothic romance. It's beautiful. The costumes are fantastic. Uh, you have obviously where he doesn't discover that he has his, his lost wife it, until Jonathan Harker comes over to do the paperwork and then he has the photograph and you see now obviously this film it takes liberties from uh, Bram Stoker's uh, book because in the book it's he was coming over to England anyway and the only reason why he targets Mina is because she's so pure and religious and he just wants to go big F you to the guys who are chasing after him and he wants to taint the most pure woman, you know, the female, you know, back in the day as well, where they were like, they just had to be like a personification of an angel. Mm-hmm. Women were viewed as. So that's why he makes her into a vampire. But after he's killed, she reverts back to human. Um, but in the film, it's, it is the love story of the times. Like I like to watch this sometimes on Valentine's day. Cause I'm just like, it's so nice. Um, but it is, it's just a fantastic film. And the score, it's one of those films, this, this end score for that is just so nice. But so I will just do a brief recap of the film because I've spoken about it 50 million times. But again, so he traps Jonathan Harker with his three hussy vampire brides um, so that he can go back and 
do an early romance on Mina, get the groundwork in, which she does. First, he freaks her out in the cinema or out on the streets and then in the cinema where you have the wolf and he's like, no, they're beautiful creatures. And they have a moment and then it goes, hmm. Uh, might not keep that part in. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt it. Do you know what I saw on Instagram yesterday, somebody's Instagram page, um, where sometimes when wolves and dogs are in movies, you have to use a CGI tail because they get so excited that they're doing such a good job while filming that they're tag- whales are tagging, tagging, <laughs> wagging the whole time. Oh, that is so strange. Isn't yeah, we spent $5,000 on a CGI tail for this dog. <laughs> just like a ferocious boy. wolf that's just like, good boy. <laughs> Am I doing oh, okay? Doing well? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that's brilliant. I know. It's so um, but so this wolf was not, he was more of a, a grayly wolf until he got calmed down by the Lord Vampire himself, Dracula. Um, and then the next, scene I think of them together is when they're at the dinner party and she because she had always said from the time she goes I know you I don't know where I know you from so she's starting to get a sense of her past life Mm -hmm. um, which either I've never had one or you know like I've never had a feel like this is so familiar and so I don't know about anyone else but I I'm not a believer in past lives but she's like I know this tale. He starts to tell her a tale of his home country and she finishes the story for him about the princess who gets bad news, false news that her husband has died in battle. So she kills herself. So, and then she cries. He turns them into diamonds. They kiss, Ooh. they dance. That was, if I could have oh, recreated that, I would be a happy woman. <laughs> On your yeah. wedding day, you're just crying yeah. and you're like to Chris, why aren't my tears down? <laughs> I'm just bawling my eyes and the dancer got make me diamonds. <laughs> um, and then it all goes to hell because Jonathan, I mean, it's awful, but I'm just so like, oh, he escaped for God's sake. So he's going to ruin their romance. Um, I'm rooting for all the wrong people in this film. But <laughs> Jonathan, he, he gets out of the castle. He gets rescued by nuns and they call Mina over. They write to her and they're like, he might die. So you should just marry him now. Uh, which I have to say is a bit well I suppose it's it's befitting they were engaged you know if there's one last thing could be is to marry him so she has to leave Dracula and go over to get married to Jonathan um, and apparently I think I might have said this before but uh, that was done by an authentic I think it was a orthodox Greek or an orthodox Russian oh Greek. yeah <laughs> yeah so um I remember it was a later interview, much, much later between Winona Ryder and Keanu Reeves. And they're like, I think we got married for real. We're not 100% sure, but it was a real wedding ceremony that they had. Um, And of course, once Dracula finds out that Wilhelmina has gone off to get married to Jonathan, he goes ballistic and he kills her friend who he had been drinking the blood of and he like this it's just an absolute bloodbath when he finally kills her. it's like the blood's coming in from the the, the sides of the bed it's just everywhere <laughs> um it is gloriously ott uh and then she becomes another proper full-on vampire which is the great scene where she's in all white like her uh, what she got buried in what would have been her wedding dress um and they have to kill her that's another scene again with uh, the great Anthony Hopkins and the men of Lucy, the, the husband of Lucy and then other would have been suitors. 
So they all kill her. Uh, and then they realize Dracula, we have to hunt him. And Jonathan and Mina have come back. And then Jonathan's like in his terrible British accent, I know what the bastard lives. I got him there. And I'm like, oh, that was, yeah, it's no wonder I'm not rooting for Jonathan Harker when it was just the accent was so bad. Yeah. But um, it, yes, so they chase after Dracula. But Mina, at that stage, she is in the mental asylum where Dr. Seward, who is one of the, would have been suitors he puts her there so that she goes you stay here for the night whilst we go hunt Dracula and so Dracula finds her in there and then they have their reunited kiss and hug and then she's like oh no you killed Lucy you killed my friend you bastard and then she flips it and she's like take me away from all this death and just turn me like you did Lucy uh, and then there's that beautiful moment where he's like, I can't, I love you too much. I can't turn you into the monster that I am. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, nah, fuck it. Take me away from all this death by killing me. Again, logic is a little flawed, but uh, so she becomes a vampire. So again, as opposed to the book, this is more of a romantic element, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm more for. Than You're like, the book. I'm here like, for I, it. Yeah. Like I understand in the book, Dracula is just the epitome of evil. He's an evil bastard and he turns the most pure woman of their group into a vampire just to screw with the men. But in this, obviously in the film, it was a total romantic angle. And so she becomes a vampire or is about to be turned. It takes a few days and Dracula has, he's gone on the flit again. So it's like, wow, he just used her and ditched her. Um, (laughs) So then they're on the chase back to Valachia to get back to his castle where he would be safe. And Lucy's not Lucy, sorry, Mina's kind of helping him again because she loves him. And then he gets mortally wounded. She takes him into his castle and she drives the stake further into his heart. He comes back to his normal, handsome looking face. And then she decapitates him, sending his soul off to heaven. And I think the idea is that she doesn't become a vampire she goes back to her human form because in the book once he dies she doesn't turn into a vampire so I don't know if that was the whole side to it in the film but yeah absolutely romantic film for the ages in my eyes you love this movie yeah and I'll never get bored of it because I do love gothic I love the dress I love the grayness of it all um that it was just not a safe time because every, you know, it's like science is just evolving again. Mm-hmm. And you have, you had the grave robbers, you had Jack the Ripper, like there's so much stuff going on around that era in England uh, that I found fascinating just from a historical point of view. So I just think it culminates a lot in that film where it's just the set pieces are just done really well. And no, it's just a fab movie. Everything about it just is, it screams you as well. So yeah, I, I get it. I get it. I still, I still have to watch it. I feel like as if you don't need to by the amount I yeah. have waffled on about it. Um, no, I definitely, I, I definitely need to watch it. Um, but more so because you love it so much, and um, I love you, so <laughs> I should support it on that alone. Um, I actually find this really difficult, mainly because <laughs> I am, I'm definitely like, you got me a t-shirt for my birthday, which is so perfectly describes me as gore whore. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm definitely more of a slasher kind of teenage 
Yeah, and that's yeah. not one where they do a lot of romantic spins yeah. on. That's no. more the unrequited section. I was just about to say, next week. Yeah, <laughs> you, in yeah. Swimming in them. Uh, but this week, I actually did quite find it quite hard. Um, and one of our friends, Grace, sent me over a list, thank goodness, and there were loads of stuff on it. But one that I found, and it's on Amazon Prime, it's called Spring. And it's this American guy, his um Evan. So he is his mother's carer and um she dies. He goes to a bar and he has a bar fight. And um then he decides he's going to leave the country. Um he he's been seeing this girl kind of just a casual relationship and then he realizes he doesn't want to be there anymore there's nothing there for him anymore so he gets in the car and he literally he does that thing that happens I see in movies a lot and I'm kind of like is it just very different in Ireland um with like going to the airport and stuff like that or maybe other people just don't have the anxiety of like having to know absolutely everything they're doing (laughs) before doing it but he rings and he's just like I just want a ticket somewhere and it's like oh no where do you want to go and it's like he's like somewhere different Canada or Europe and I'm like there's a big difference there quite 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 Quite. um so he he's in the car and he turns to the woman beside him and he's like should I go to Italy and she's like I don't fucking know (laughs) and he decides he's going to go to Italy now the thing is it opens up then in Italy, it's absolutely beautiful. There's the Colosseum, there's Rome. And I was just like, oh my God. I was actually texting you going, yeah. Emer, I can see Rome. I know, um, I love Rome. Which is your place as well and a very romantic place for you. Um, And yeah, so he goes to Rome. He finds, he becomes good friends with two other guys who are in the hostel. Um, they're just having a bit of banter he um tries to hit on a couple of Italian girls the English lads are like again gonna butcher the accent they're like all right mate that was shit (laughs) (laughs) as shit as my accent um and they decide that they're actually going to go down the coast the next day so they rent a car and they drive down the coast um they're drinking the entire way down um, and smoking including the driver but it actually um it looks like a, a bit of crack like mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they get down there uh, they drive down to the coast um and he sees this girl he's walking through the the square of the town he sees this girl sitting on the side of like a curb and you can kind of tell right okay she's notable <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's going to be somebody. So they go to this bar and this bar is like on this like cliff overlooking like the beach and sand and sea. And I was just like, oh, my God, like this film made me want to go on holidays more than the film that we looked at that were based on going on holidays. And I was like, oh, God. Uh, So they have a great night, uh, himself and the two English lads. And the girl comes up to the bar and she's like, do you want to come home with me? And he's like, "Um, I don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. Why don't we go? Yeah. He's like, why don't we go for coffee tomorrow? And she's like, no, I don't date. And he's like, are you a prostitute? 
And she's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, let me buy you a drink. And she's like, why are you making this so difficult? Do you want to come home or not? And he's like, I have to buy the next round. So I was kind of like, he's actually just a really decent guy. He's making sure he hasn't ducked out in his round with his mates. He hasn't pissed off. He wants to make sure that he knows the person he's going home with. I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's thinking, he's thinking. Um, and she basically is just like, yeah, no, see you later. Bye. And she <laughs> leaves and the guys are like the hilarious, you know, he's been shot down again. So they wake up the next morning and the two English lads are like, look, it's too expensive here. We're going to go to Amsterdam. And mm-hmm. he decides to stay. And he is, he's in a shop somewhere and he sees that there is an ad for a farmhand and you would get free accommodation. Um, and he meets the girl again. So he goes and he meets her and he tries again. He's kind of like, so now he's living here. So uh, the girl is called Louise. Um, before I call her the girl the whole way through this Um, so he meets Louise again and he's now living there he has accommodation he's a little bit more um, he's determined but in a very nice way so he follows her into the museum and he turns it turns out that she's a student studying evolutionary stuff I've written down because when (laughs) she explained it I was like huh So basically, she's definitely, whatever she's studying, it's all about evolution, it's about stem cells. You can tell it's very important and something I definitely don't know anything about. They're looking around uh, the museum. Um, she kind of, she points out a painting. And she's like, oh, do you think she's beautiful? What do you think of this person? And he's like, oh, she's hot. And then they leave the, um, they leave the museum and um they have a bit of they go they have a drink she turns around he's like can I buy you dinner or you know can I buy another bottle of wine and she's like I only let people buy me wine if they've written me a love letter and he writes a love letter and and they buy the wine it's all beautiful and then they kind of just run around this really picturesque beautiful place and they start kissing and then you can see in the corner part of the shot that there's flowers blooming so you're kind of like oh yeah no I don't know I I actually wrote down when I was doing the notes I was like I know that there is some sort of flower that actually blooms only at night so I didn't know if it was that or was this actually significant to the movie so I was like look I'll I'll put it down we'll see what the crack is later on I'm sure it will come up if it is actually significant um so then they they end up spending the night together and uh, they're in the bed and he's asleep and it pans over to her and you can see her entire face mm-hmm. has all these black veins and it's like Ooh. pulsating and she has like these razor sharp teeth and she wakes up and she leaves in quite a hurry now they chose like this kind of distant shot of her walking out of the place and walking through this kind of like alcove or um little laneway and she's like a creature she's really long kind of limbs and the way she's walking is quite almost alien-esque do you know Mm. um do you know when they see the the um aliens and signs on the 
yeah so it's that kind of movement so she's walking through so you know right okay there's something here uh, it's a little bit off it's a little bit strange and then pans to her the next morning she has these like luminous bright eyes so they're like a luminous green mm. um and she wears contacts to um to Make her normal. <laughs> yeah so that it doesn't look kind of that she's a cat um so she injects herself into a part of her hand that looks really scaly and stuff and it seems to like regenerate or rejuvenate her skin and she goes back to this like picturesque kind of normal body um then he's walking through the town obviously he's a bit miffed that she's left they had a nice night together and she's in an ice cream shop and he walks in and he's like hi and she's like hi and he's like oh you left pretty quick and she's like am I supposed to know you and I was like oh maybe when she injects herself she doesn't know what's going on and then she starts to laugh and she's like haha lol of course I know who you are here get some gelati (laughs) so they have it's actually just a really lovely relationship that they have they spend the night together. They go, like, he comes over to her place. He's working on the farm. The farmer he's, like, living with is, like, the nicest, oldest man in Italy. And they have these, um, like, lemon and orange trees. And it's just, like, a really nice kind of life. And I was like, maybe I'll go be a farmhand and <laughs> bring my husband. <laughs> you just turn around to Warren and be like, so, turns out. We have a new <laughs> life. to Italy. Yeah. And we're becoming farmhands. Um, be so they, yeah. They're in her apartment and um, you can kind of see she's starting to turn again. She has a bit of a scale on her leg and it's gone a little bit further than it went the first time. So she goes up to the bathroom and um, he's making food and she turns into almost like a werewolf oh. kind of thing. So she has the big snout. There's a lot of hair. There then is a lot of blood she injects herself again um, and then she comes down. She's like, oh, I just had a shower. <laughs> Do you ever just get the thing where you just need a shower? And I was like, no. And he was also like, no. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no. Can't say I ever get like the inclination out of nowhere to go, hmm, I'm just going to have a shower. I'd fucking love a shower right now. I hate showering. I hate it so much. It's the most boring thing in the world. <laughs> I do think it's almost like... Like a reminiscent like a thing, a side effect of having depression for many years. I physically hate sharing, but also when I'm fine and grand, um, it's just the most boring thing in the world. Myself and Amy, my uh, one of my best friends who I lived with in college, we just used to sit in the bathroom while each other showered and we'd sing the entire soundtrack for Moulin Rouge because. We just found sharing incredibly boring. I would take in my phone and I'd either yeah. play a podcast or I'd play some songs often and I'd like sing away or I listen to the podcast because like that, I need to be entertained. I'm exactly the same. Like, oh yeah. So bored. It's so yeah. boring. Um, so aside from sharing <laughs> my sharing habits, um, <laughs> she, she then, he asked her to go to the beach. She said she can't go. She's taking medication that makes her quite sensitive to uh, the sun. So you know that she's never going to be out too much in daylight. Mm-hmm. He goes up to the bathroom um, and he sees that there's a needle on the floor. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he's kind of like, mm, what's going on here? They go for a date later on. And he's like, look, I just wanted to ask you something. I saw a needle um, on the floor. I know it's none of my business, but I just, to be honest, just wanted to see, is it anything I need to be worried about? And again, I was like, this guy is really nice. He's quite respectful. Um, And she's like, no, I just, I have to take medication for like a long illness that I've had. And that's fine. And um, then he turns around, he takes out his phone. And I was like, it's quite a sweet moment that I can actually see a guy being really like, God, do I do it? And he's like, look, I never do this, but um, do you mind taking it? Can we take a photo? It's just a really nice moment. And um, you can see that she's kind of like, and the waiter comes over and he's like, oh, can you take a photo of us? And when he looks at the photo, her face is like real swirly and she's, he's like, oh, you moved. But I think it was a bit of a ring situation that her yeah. face is swirly anyway. He then, she asks him something about his family and he's like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. And she leaves because she's like, you just want to fuck a girl on holidays and tell your friends and take a picture and send it home. And he's like, actually, this isn't what is happening here. Mm -hmm. at all they go down onto the beach they're kind of arguing about and she's like you need to tell me something about yourself I know nothing about you we need to have more of a connection here this can't just be it if it is just this I don't want it and then he goes into that his father had died a number of years ago and that he had been caring for his mother and she had died the week previous and this is where he was now that he just wanted to get away and he no longer wanted to be where he was because he had he didn't have anyone at home anymore and then she um then she (laughs) she turns around and she goes oh that's really cool you've got the same backstory as batman (laughs) like (laughs) it's the type of thing that would either go down like a lead balloon or the Mm. perfect thing to say at at that time and it seems that it was the perfect thing to say at that time so he's like, will you tell me about something? And um, she's like, oh, I have two different colored eyes. And um, she takes off her contact and one is like bright green. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, I just bared my soul. That's not exactly yeah. the groundbreaking thing I was looking for. Um, so she, again, they, um, what do you call it? She starts kind of, no. Oh, yeah. The next day, she's like, right, okay, I'm going to bring you somewhere. It's going to be lovely. And we're going to have a great time. And she's like, come on, we get on my boat. He gets in the boat, they row out these uh, beautiful caves. And whatever's under the water, like illuminates the water. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yeah. it's almost like there's stars in the cave. Like, it's absolutely oh, stunning. And I it made me think about myself and my mom went on holidays with one of her friends and her daughters when I was younger. And we went to the Coolstill Drac in Mallorca. And it was like, you had to walk down these massive flights of like, I don't know if like stairs made out of rock are called a flight of stairs. Flight of rock stairs. Flight of rock stairs down into this cave. And there was this beautiful lake. And there was like, it was almost like those Venetian kind of like orchestra type things that you would see without the orchestra but there was this gorgeous boat and everything like that and I've 
<laughs> never felt so bad for my poor mother I didn't realize that until then that I actually am quite claustrophobic so I had this massive panic attack <laughs> we had in to- all honesty it takes it takes being somewhere like that to get it. Yeah, like I'd never, and I was just like, we need to go, we have to go. And my poor mom had to leave and she yeah. never got to experience it. God love her. And it looks really, really beautiful. And when I look at it now, I'm like, oh God, that does look fab, but fair play to mom. She was like, no. Um. So they go, yeah, they go to this place again. They go back to her house. She starts decaying again. And um, she's like, I need to go. I'll talk to you later. And this like disgusting guy follows her because she mm-hmm. thinks he thinks she's drunk. Uh-huh. And she's like, again, like falling up against the wall and stuff. And he thinks she's a prostitute. So he's like, how much for a blowjob? And like, you know, she's in pain and like bent over. And then mm-hmm. he just, yeah, he tries to take advantage. And she turns around and fucking eats him, which is brilliant. Um, yeah, so I think I, <laughs> I said she is like a dragon creature and she kills him. Good enough for that dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, she goes back to her house and um, the creature is kind of taken over. Mm. She jabs herself and um, all is fine. And then um, he comes, he, she breaks it off with him mm-hmm. because she's like, this like obviously can't really work can't go on Um, forever yeah exactly and he's like I don't understand why you would like why would we break up you know this is like the perfect relationship and she's just Mm -hmm. like look I'm not looking for anything um you know you're not from here you're not going to be here forever and there's no point in kind of prolonging this um, so he's quite upset kind of understandably and he goes back to his farm place and he's talking to a really lovely um, old man his wife had died and he was like Italian women, women are just the best people in the world mm-hmm. so he goes for a drink and then he decides he's going to go to her apartment and kind of try and talk to her about it he arrives at the apartment and like she there's like everything's on the floor he can see through the window that there's obviously been a commotion there's blood and he breaks in and she's like on the floor and like her whole half of her body is this like massive sea creature and like her head is kind of like bloated and like it's all and he's like what the fuck and she (laughs) (laughs) understandably yeah there's a syringe beside her so she's trying to get the syringe obviously the thing that's taking over her body is like no we don't want that because we want to be this creature so he tries to get the syringe and it kind of fights him off he does get it in the end he injects her and um she comes she's back to normal um and then obviously the questions come of like um what the fuck um so she turns around and she says that actually um she's like thousands of years old um and that every 20 years she uh, has to become somebody new and she like rejuvenates and regenerates or whatever and she gets pregnant and um she like then has to become somebody else and it turns out that she is actually the girl from the museum so when she was asking him what do you think of her it was actually her who was in the painting so she's been around for 
years and years and years and she's been in this place and the one reason why she stays in that within that place at the moment is because not many people go in and go out so there's a really good kind of pure yeah line for genealogy and stuff and so she's doing a lot of um testing on stem cells and it's, it's I didn't understand any of it but um there's, is she trying um, to find like a cure for herself or yeah I thought so but actually then I was kind of like no because she I think she wants to see what could that do mm what more could like what else could it help with or what else more could it do because she doesn't want to um like she she goes into it and in the notes that I wrote I was like she goes into it but I have no idea what's happening because one time when I was in science class the um teacher turned around and said all mammals have hair and I put my hand up and I was like does that mean whales have hair and then there was a baby bell tree and I God's honest truth asked is that where the cheese grows so I just know that I'm not the best person oh, when it comes baby bell tree. there is a baby bell tree funnily enough cheese does There's not grow baby cheeses. Yeah, cheese doesn't grow out of it um, well uh, that's I, very disappointing then. I know yeah I'm like I was kind of like how dare you be like why would you even ask this? Because obviously hilarious. Um, but yeah, no. Science yeah. is about expanding your knowledge and you're just asking questions. You're trying to get to the truth. Like I didn't do very well in that exam, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they decide she is 24 hours and she's like, it, it turns out that if she was to fall in love, so it goes very Disney. Uh-huh. Um, if she was to fall in love, um true love's first kiss kind of thing that she wouldn't turn and he's like give me 24 hours he's like I know I love you he's like I know that um I think you love me and give me give me these 24 hours and I'll make sure he was like at least try yeah what's the worst thing Fair play for him not running away. <laughs> he rings his friend at home, right? Because he's like, no, this is too weird. I'm like, I'm not okay with this. It's fucked up. And he goes and he rings his friend. And he's like, Todd, oh my God. Um, I met this girl. I fell in love. But I think I like, it, I've got this girl pregnant, but I think she might be a monster and she might give birth to herself. And then all you hear is him going, yeah, yeah, I did smoke a lot because he realizes what he said yeah it's off the phone he turns around he sees the farmer and the farmer is there with a picture of his wife and they've had a conversation before where he was like would you not get out in the dating scene again he was like no I love my wife too much and the picture of the wife is she was really young now I kind of thought it was going to turn out that that actually your one was the wife yeah yeah it wasn't um it's very much a so she will stay every 24, 20 to 25 years, she will stay the same age. So he, she's like, look, you look like you're with a child bride when you're in your 80s. So it's very much yeah. let the right one in. Yes. Um, yeah. It has like aspects. When I read about this, they were like, there's loads of jump scares and a lot of killing to make it a horror movie. There's no uh-huh. jump scares. There's not really any killing except for the dick who absolutely deserved it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a horror, but it's quite a nice movie <laughs> if you're looking for something <laughs> that is a little bit different to your to like your normal romances. So they go on this 24-hour drive. 
they um she brings him home so she's like I want you to meet my family um obviously she can't like they're thousands of years dead um but it turns out that she is from a place that's quite similar to Pompeii a volcano Mm. erupted and they're all preserved so she actually walks him into her house and her mother, mother and brother are like preserved and um she's like my mother gave this to me and she gave up her immortality for her husband and for me and my brother and she died and she was like I don't want to die I can't give this up I can't give up immortality for you we met a week ago this isn't gonna happen and uh, they just have this lovely trip and they're quite nice and it's the last kind of day the sun is setting and the sun sets and she stays human and then it ends so does that mean so I presume it means that she was in love yeah and now she might have told herself or been trying to tell herself Mm -hmm. she didn't love him enough but you know the heart wants what the heart wants exactly so now they're going to have a little creature baby and And it'll start all over again with her kids start again yeah unless if I suppose if she has a boy then it wouldn't carry through. Don't know. She said she had brothers and sisters, but she was the only one to get this. Maybe it was because she was the the oldest. The first oh, firstborn gets it or something. Yeah. The so, curse of the firstborn. <laughs> so there you go. It was very nice. If you want something to look at that is absolutely stunning and make yeah. you be very upset. That you're Sponsored by the tourist board of Italy. Oh my God. It was so beautiful. Um, And actually, it's just... A, quite a nice it was a decent film was it a horror movie absolutely not (laughs) that is the problem when we were looking into our specific ones it's either what you think of as being a romantic film yes yeah because if you look at like I I was even looking up lists of romance and horror and they were saying scream one yeah like you can really I actually totally forgot to say as well that um when she tells him the story of her family Mm-hmm. when she's like oh both her parents died and like really tragic circumstances and stuff he turns out and he goes oh wow you have the same backstory to harry potter and i was like Ha-ha. these guys are no. funny so the second film i have picked for the romance in horror section is not everyone's idea of romantic horror um definitely not really but you have to look for it squint your eyes enough it is the silence of the lambs Mm-hmm. And what I decided to look into was the relationships uh, squarely basically between Dr. Lecter and Clarice. So the whole gist of the film is that there is this killer and he is cap- he's kidnapping women. He's holding them for a time and then he kills them and they are found with parts of their skin missing. And they, they're not linking all the women together, but they do know that there is this serial killer out there called um, Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Um, and Clarice Starling is a trainee for the FBI but they see potential in her and they send her to interview Dr. Lecter because they think he because he is a psychiatrist and they think that he might be able to give insight into the case everyone else has failed beforehand and they think possibly because she's a woman it might make a difference Um, so they ask her to go and send him off a list of questions uh, to do with Bill, you know, so that they can get a profile on him. 
And of course, he's not buying it to begin with. And then she has to start giving him parts of her, you know, insight into herself as a person to make, yeah. you know, because he's like, I'm bored now. Yeah, quid pro quo. Tell me something about yourself and I will see what I can do about this. And so she starts to just give a little, like she's she sees through his tricks, but she lets him play his hand and, you know, to see where, what she can get out of it. And so it's kind of like, it's the, the relationship that they have, like at the very beginning, when she first visits him, she has to pass by all the other people in the asylum, in that wing. And then she talks to him. She's not getting anything out of him. Well, not really. She promises. I don't know. I don't think at that stage she's promising him the, the new asylum part yet. I think that's later on in the film. But she's talking to him about him, giving him a bit of her insight that, you know, I'm not the weak woman that you think I am. Uh, but anyway, so he's not giving her anything. She leaves. Migs, who is in the cell directly um, beside Hannibal, throws semen at her after nice. pretending to be in some trouble. Yep. Nice. Gross. And then so Hannibal screams at her to come back. And he actually it's it's not that he necessarily felt sorry for her. But when he saw that that happened to her, he calls her back and he gives her a proper tidbit of information, something real that she can pursue. And then what later transpires during the night, Hannibal spoke to Miggs the whole night and Miggs ended up killing himself because Hannibal hates rudeness. It is his biggest pet peeve. And one of the things that he can tell from the start is that Clarice isn't rude with him. She talks to him. She does the ge- generic, she's only a trainee. She yeah. goes through like, like as if there's a script in her head of asking the questions. She's not giving any bit of her own personal side. And then she realizes that's not going to cut it with him. She has to give a bit of herself. And so she, the bit of information he gives leads her to a storage locker. The, the scene, the terrible scene where she ends up getting into where you have the limousine with the head in a jar and it starts to give out parts of people who were actually in a relationship with Jamie Gum, who is Buffalo Bill. So it's, it's kind of going, he's giving her roundabout ways of finding out who the killer is. But to get there, she's, it's caught in, in the rain. She cuts her knee up. It's everything. It's all, she goes back to have like a midnight chat with Lecter. Mm-hmm. And first it's all dark on his side because he ended up getting punished for killing Migs. Well, let, talking Migs into calling, killing himself. So all his paintings, he had all these paintings of uh, Florence Uh, that he had made himself so he can imagine what it'd be like so he doesn't go insane of just the four walls around him and so all his paintings have been taken and he is sitting in the dark but he pushes out in the in a tray that he has he pushes out a towel for Clarice so she can dry herself because she's soaking wet Uh, so he's showing a bit of kindness Uh, he inquires he can smell that she's cut her leg which is a bit disturbing but he also Mm -hmm. inquires as to how she's feeling and then they have more of a talk they they get into I think it's at that stage where they get into a little bit it's not giving away but her father died her father was the police officer and then she was brought to relatives distant relatives to look after her and of course Hannibal asks all the questions he's always trying to push her he wants to get a reaction out of her he asks was she molested she's like no they were very good people and then the conversation doesn't go into the part about the lambs until later on but he says it then she stopped. She's not allowed to talk to him. It's the head of that asylum. He was such an asshole. He's like, 
I'm the one who's going to get, I'm going to break this case. So he says, he tells Hannibal that there was never any deal with the FBI. It was a false one. They just wanted to get information out of you. But I've made a real deal for you that I think you'll like. And so he just wants all the praise of cracking the case. So they take him off to where Catherine has been kidnapped and the, she's the daughter of a senator. So the senator's like, yeah, sure. I'll do whatever you want if I can get my daughter. So he gets brought over to... God, I want to say Texas maybe, but I think I'm wrong. It's been a bit a year or so until, since I've seen it. But anyway, so he's out of the asylum. And that's why some can argue that it wasn't a romantic relationship. He didn't, you know, harbor any feelings for Clarice. He was just using her uh, to orchestrate his eventual escape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when he's in this new cell, giving the information of, he leads them off. And that's why Clarice realizes that it was an anagram uh the name of the person and that it's 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 a false lead and she sees through that and she sneaks her way in to go talk to him and you see in his cell he has all these drawings of Clarice um oh no she must have already told him about the lamb then when she was back because he's got pictures of her holding on to a lamb and then it goes into the further detail of she's just such an innocent pure woman that she had tried when she was in with her relatives they were obviously on a farm where they were slaughtering lambs. Yeah. And she said the sound of it was horrific. She tried to get them to escape and they wouldn't escape because they didn't know any better. So she took one and she ran away, but it was so heavy. So she had to ditch the lamb. And in the end, she ended up having to go back to the relatives because she couldn't get far enough away. But she says it still haunts her. She always just wants to rescue someone to stop the sound of the lambs screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why Hannibal realizes that she is, he doesn't understand goodness in people. He's always yeah. trying to look for he feels like as if oh she's only trying to make herself a better person because she comes from a poor white trash area of America and she just you know I can still hear your southern twang he says like that she wants to get herself up better she's wearing cheap clothes and cheap perfume but sometimes she'll like wear the right stuff and she wants to get herself up there she's like no this isn't what it's about my dad was a cop he died on in service I just want to help people um so it's not necessarily that he respects it but he realizes he can't bend her he can't manipulate her. Yes. Um, and so when she is talking to him, trying to get the real, the address of the right person, the, any information she can, uh, they get caught out and she's being dragged away. Um, and he finally hands her the notes, which he has made some notes of his own into. And that's where she ends up reading and, and, and catching the right person in the end. But there's the scene as he's handing it over, he brushes his finger against hers and it's a very slow moment and it just zooms in on that and that's another reason where I'm like it's there's no need for that physical contact he wanted that physical contact um so I think there was a little just a, you know a little bit of um a moment between the two of them and then obviously she gets she cracks his notes mm-hmm. uh, it's a great scene where she's talking with her friend who's also a trainee of the FBI and they're talking together and so she figures out that he was a someone who lived it's the last woman that they find who had her the back cut up that it was sewing them together he's making a suit uh because he covets he covets their skin he doesn't just want to be a woman he wants to be in the skin of a woman he wants to be a physical woman and so she gets down to she ends up catching the right person it's this great scene where the fbi are like they go to the fake address where it's all set up and it was his original house, but he's not there anymore. He's living in someone else's house. And there's just the great scene with the night vision goggles and she rescues Catherine. She kills Buffalo Bill. And then she, it's at the very end of the film 
where she has received, she's passed her tests and she has become a fully fledged member of the FBI. And there's a phone call for her and it's Hannibal Lecter. He has escaped. And he's like, hey, babe. Yeah. So prior to that, if anyone hadn't seen, there's this horrific scene when he's in that temporary cell uh, where he kills guards, disguises himself as one. It's fantastic. And he, as he's being courted off in the ambulance, he kills the people in the ambulance and he now has escaped. And so he's ringing Clarice to congratulate her. And then she's like, well, where are you? And, you know, he goes, I'm not going to speak long because you're going to put a trace in the call. And she goes, but don't worry, I won't call on you. The world is a more interesting place with you in it. Um, so I saw that as well as like, it's, it's a mutual respect. Well, not maybe mutual, but he respects her. She's cracked the case. She's read his notes and understood yeah. what he was getting at, where no one else could get that. Yeah, he's kind of like, kind, it's kind of like, do you ever watch Luther? No. What Luther is, is a brilliant oh, TV Luther, show. Sorry. Mm. Yes, I watched the first season of Luther, yeah. Yeah, and you know oh, that Luther. relationship. <laughs> you know that Have film of Luther? Luther? <laughs> what the hell is Luther? <laughs> um, but you know that relationship he has with the um, the girl? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's kind of like that. Yes, it's like cat and mouse for yeah. in Luther. But like with this, it's like he's not chasing her, but he knows she will be around yeah and then who's not to say that he's following her like when it goes to the second film Hannibal uh the sequel to that like there is more of a a sense of the romance where he gives her this nice dress because she dresses so like drab and she doesn't have style and he when he captures her uh he dresses her up real nice in this gorgeous black dress and then when she handcuffs herself to him so he can't escape he cuts off his hand and it looks like as if he's going to cut off hers but he cuts off his own hand because he doesn't want to mar her flesh so that's obviously in the film Hannibal but also in the book of Silence of the Lambs uh, it goes more into detail where Dr. Lecter like they share uh, himself and Clarice also share a history of loss because when Hannibal was a young boy or maybe about 12 or 13 his sister Misha died and um, because he's originally from I think it's Russia uh and or at least some part where the Russian soldiers have taken over and sadly because it was a very harsh climate the Russian soldiers kill and eat his younger sister Misha and that started him in the prequel you can kind of see that started him on his revenge on on just hating the world because she was the last good thing in his life he lost her parents uh soldiers killed and and even fed to Hannibal as well uh his sister so that's why I suppose he's he's so centered around eating people because he, um, I don't know, maybe it's like I've done it already. I'll keep on going. But he sees in the book, you can see he sees the innocence and the goodness in Clarice. And he's like, you're just like my sister. So I think he tries to make her a vessel. And when he realizes he can't bend Clarice to his will, he's like, she's going to be her own woman. He stops trying to make her become the next version of his sister as an adult so and again even in the Hannibal book um, the sequel to the Silence of the Lambs it's not the best book but anyway it also goes into like they become lovers in a scene mm. Clarice and Hannah Hannibal and I'm like oh no I haven't read it um, but you know they don't show that in the film but uh, I'm just like wow that's <laughs> no I don't I want it to be nothing happens kind of all close brushes and but anyway yeah, that yeah. It's, it's, it, you're kind of questioning like yeah. will they won't because it, they? yeah 
and, and, and it can be seen as by people as myself where oh no it's romantic like when I said that to my husband he looked at me like it's like, going to say ranged and I'm like it, it, it's it maybe depends on the person as to how you look mm-hmm. at it. other people would be like no he was as you said he was manipulating her he was giving her the tidbits so that eventually like he knew that the FBI, he knew their script. He knew that they were going to offer him a deal. Yeah. And the, the head of the psychiatric um, asylum, I can't remember his name, but he's just, he's played so well by such an, he looks like such an asshole. And he's like, oh no, I found out that that is a false promise and that I'm going to make a, cut you a good deal um, because he just wants all the glory. So it's, it's, yeah, it's done just so well. But like, you could see that he's just using everyone he's manipulating it's like a game of chess where he's just moving them as yes and then just so that he can be free uh so yeah i have to say i viewed it now i have to say like the first maybe one or two times that i saw it i didn't like when i was younger i didn't see the romantic element it's something that on my multiple returns to viewing it that i'm kind of like i kind of see it as as being a slight romance (laughs) not in your face but a gentle creeping romance are you reaching? No, I don't, I don't <laughs> think so. Many people could say you're clutching at straws, but I, as I said earlier on, beauty is the eye of the beholder and romance is wherever you want to find it. Absolutely, 100%. You can't tell yeah. me otherwise. <laughs> and you can't say that, like, as much as I do love Anthony Hopkins as an actor, it's not like, you're t- it's not like he's a brooding, good-looking man um, of that sense. So you can't be like, oh... He is a really good looking man, like your typical Hollywood good looking man. Yeah, that atypical kind of like Jimmy Dernan. Yeah. Now, I love Anthony Hopkins voice. I wish he could speak with his natural Welsh accent more often because I think it's really nice. But um, I do think it's it's yeah, I would see it as being romantic. (laughs) It's on a level of how many daddy issues you have (laughs) on (laughs) how attractive you find him. I, and you know what? It's not that it's it's his voice. You know, I'd listen to audiobooks from him for sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Yeah, I like him a lot. Um I think um he is a bit of a rise. <laughs> <laughs> but sure, we all know my issues. Anyway, so <laughs> my my next one is a movie called honeymoon so this one actually comes with a bit of a trigger warning really um i would probably advise you totally missing this this movie if you would be triggered by any sort of assault or pregnancy loss just yeah this next movie just isn't the best yeah i was thinking about this so like obviously during your relationship um if it did kind of lead up to marriage and stuff like that and um in no way does marriage kind of cement a relationship or make it any better or anything like that but I did find like when we got engaged because it was like this celebration you do kind of go into this wee bubble and then you're the same with the wedding and you're the same with the honeymoon and stuff like yeah and and there's a lot of pressure put on the honeymoon the location yeah And, and like it's not just a regular holiday it's seen as being because I suppose back then when couples uh, never like lived together before and yeah. wouldn't travel so the honeymoon was like your first time that you guys get to be alone properly on your trip away before yes. you're going into your living in your house kind of thing so I think back then a honeymoon meant a lot more like but for a lot of people now it can be as expensive as the wedding yeah 
you go OTT uh, luxury all the way, which I, I would never knock anyone for doing. Um, we went to countries that we hadn't been to before. And then we went to some places that we were uh, in. So we kind of did a mixture of both. But I just, yeah, Honeymoon is a, it's a great chance to, but it's always viewed as being, it has to be a romantic destination. Yeah, yeah. it's And, and I think the thing is as well, though, once you're coming out of a wedding, like, being in your back garden is the most romantic place in the world. Do you know what I mean? Because you're yeah. on this high. You've got the rose tinted glasses for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you were saying you went to a couple of different countries and was, am I remembering this right? Was there um Oktoberfest happening as well it during yours? ended. So Oktoberfest is, ironically, it starts in the end of September and I think it runs into early October and we... Oh, it was just about to begin. I think mm-hmm. it was. We married on the fourteenth of September, and um, we got to we went to Vienna first, and it had literally just about to start. I thought it couldn't have been better. Yeah. So I got to have Oktoberfest in Vienna, and we went to Venice, where I hadn't started yet. But yet, when I got, I managed to find one gorgeous Italian restaurant run by Filipino people, but it was the best food I'd have. And they were selling steins of beer. And whenever I ordered it, like Chris got like, you know, those tiny red wine glasses. Yes. So he got a glass of Coke that small. I got a stein of beer, a liter of beer. And there's this fab picture where he's looking so sad <laughs> with his glass of Coke. And I'm like, with my fuck off beer. And um, but when I handed it, they were like, oh, Prost, Oktoberfest. I'm like, yes. And then when we went to France, we went to Paris and it was again, Oktoberfest hadn't happened yet. But we spent two days in Disneyland and they had I was just I was so disappointed because had we waited any longer or changed the plans, I could have had Oktoberfest in Disney. And I think that that would have been amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So I missed out on that where you could have gotten like a Disneyland Stein. And I was like, ah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been so just perfect. Across on my honeymoon, basically. I'm yeah. going to just continue on from boozing across my own wedding. I, I, absolutely. Emer was the most hungover person I've ever met the morning after her wedding. It was fantastic and glorious and beautiful. I thought I was dead. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I must have been for a bit of a. Um, we went to Edinburgh for ours. Um, oh, gorgeous. Yeah, so we went for a couple of days uh, over to Edinburgh. And. Um, yeah, it was brilliant it was really good um, I've always wanted to go there oh it's really good it's fantastic and kind of similar to that um one one night we got really really drunk like like hammered ossified and um we went to this uh, the is it like the three sisters or something pub and um there was like a student night on with karaoke oh. Oh, we just drank our lights out. I then asked, did they have any Spice Girls? They were like, no. I think rude. Um, then we went to this other bar. There was like this rock band on. Um, the next day we found videos and photos with randomers that we have no recollection of. Um, there's a full video of me walking through Edinburgh singing uh, to become one by the Spice Girls. Oh yeah, because it's kind of like that. It would be that nice mm-hmm. that nighttime scene. Yeah. So um and Warren being the very obliging husband and recording the whole thing man. and yeah. cheering me on when two guys were like, No, we don't want to like join in. And I was like, Well, fuck you both. I yeah. dare you. Um, but we did we did a tour the next day of um 
<laughs> of Edinburgh and it was like such a lovely idea it was a bus tour with afternoon tea but oh. we were so hungover <laughs> that driving around with food and drink we were just like <gasps> yeah very twisty and there's lots of hills um so I can't do that sober I'd be so yeah. sick yeah I would recommend it but you'd have to be 100% sober and not, and not have motion sickness yeah it was awful um but that was our like a great idea though. great yeah. idea great idea at the time and absolutely stunning um yeah. so the movie that I watched is honeymoon is 2014 it has Rose Leslie from um Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. yeah and how looking Jon Snow yeah the worm is like that's that's Jon Snow's <laughs> I was like yeah uh, so actual missus in real life they yeah, got married yeah, yeah. I thought so, that was lovely oh her dress was gorgeous um yeah you have Harry Treadaway so it's B and Paul and they've just gotten married um it starts off where they have the wedding video they're kind of chatting about their first date and when they when he proposed so on their first date they had Indian food but he had a really bad stomach from it and like he was like, oh, I was really embarrassed. I didn't want to tell her, but sure, you know, you couldn't avoid it. And then um, they got engaged. Basically, he was going to bring her camping and she was really sick and she couldn't go. So he made this tent in um, in their room and uh, he proposed in this tent in their room, which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they tell this story and then they don't get cake. They get like this um, cinnamon bun. And I was like... Nice. Oh, lovely. Love nice. Yeah. So it starts off with that. And then they uh, it opens up and they're driving up the road. They go to this really remote cabin. It's her family's um, holiday home. It's absolutely stunning. It's like in the wilderness. It's both of these movies made me just go, oh, I'd love to be somewhere that isn't my where you are right family. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I love my house. It's fabulous. But my God, we've been here for a while. Yeah. Um, so it's on a lake. Um, I have written down jealous. Isn't the word. It's not strong enough. Most romantic time of your life when you're after coming out of this kind of wedding bubble. Um, and uh, they go to the family cottage and she gives him a tour of the house. And um, while they are going around in the house and um, she sees this like there's this big like bear pelt on the wall so you know it's it's a very and there's like ducks everywhere big hunting lodge kind of yeah. thing yeah so they go to bed on the first night and like these um lights come through the window it's kind of like it's like like headlights of a car or like a floodlight kind mm-hmm. of um torch that comes through um so that happens nothing happens the first night in usual kind of fashion yes it's settled you feel nice and safe exactly you're kind of like okay and there's a humming noise so they wake up the next morning they're making uh breakfast they've you know the day before they've had their marital relations um and that happens quite a lot through, through the movie, um, as it is Honeymoon. And uh-huh. he says something, <laughs> which is just really weird. I think he says something about her womb. Now, I missed womb it. Womb with a view? Yeah. 
I missed it exactly what he said, but she is kind of freaked out by this. She's like, I don't want to be talking in my room. I'm not ready for kids. And he's like, I wasn't talking about kids. I just, you know, because we were going so hard at it last night. I hoped I didn't break your womb. And I was like, why are we talking about wombs like this? This is so weird. So specific and anatomical. Ugh. So just like... Yeah. Yeah, um, we not had- what you want to hear at all, especially not what you want to hear on your honeymoon. Yeah, absolutely not. No, yeah. thanks, love. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is an odd conversation. Now, yeah, there are a lot of odd, awkward moments where I'm going to be talking about things that they're doing. And I was kind of like halfway through the film, and I was like, I can't not talk about this movie now. And these bits are like really, really like kind of central to what's happening uh-huh. a lot of fingering it, let's just put it out there yep, that word yep. is coming up a lot um <laughs> let's get back to your teenage years people let's bring it back guys let's bring it back so they again they're walking around they talk about the bear pelt he's like god i didn't realize like i knew you were hunters but i didn't realize you were like fucking kill bears and skin <laughs> yeah. them alive hunters and she's like have you ever killed something with your bare hands and he's like no have you and she was like yeah I killed a frog and oh. um she was like they kind of scream yeah. and he's like oh, oh okay right mm-hmm. um so it was just a bit weird yeah and uh, they go to the lake house the lake house is like gorgeous like it's this wee shed she opens up the like big metal door and it's like straight onto a lake and you're like fuck my life yeah (laughs) a lot of jealousy during this film they bring out their boat it's quite cute um they sit there he puts the he goes to put the anchor out and she's like have you tied a knot and so again they're kind of like alluding to she runs over like not runs over this little dinghy she jumps over she grabs their rope and she ties this like real elaborate knot quite quickly so you know she's got skills knots yeah she's got skills she was a girl scout for 12 years you know that this is something that's coming um so then they uh go home they have a shower they have sex in the shower it's great time and all i could think of You know that song where it's like, oh, da, 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 da. oh yeah, smoke on the water. Yeah, I was just like, sex in the shower, fire in the womb. Oh yeah, <laughs> in the bloody womb. Um, yeah. So that's that's what I was thinking about when they were having sex. <laughs> just singing stuff. Um, so he pretends to tie her up. Uh-huh. Goes nowhere. They then then decide his that their skills are just subpar. His aren't as good. Yeah. They then decide that they're going to go to uh, the local restaurant um, and they go down and it looks like it's closed up and he, but the door was open. So they were able to go in. She, he's like, I think it was closed. She's like, no, it should totally be open. And um, they kind of turn the corner and something that happened during breakfast time with the lights flickered. Okay. Um, and they turn around the corner and there's this guy and he's like, you need to leave, we're closed. And <laughs> like, oh, okay, sorry. And um, they start to back out and he comes out and he's like, B? And she's like, 
hello and he's like you don't remember me it's will and like they were best friends when they were younger and he's like i can't believe you're here you're so beautiful and she's like oh this is my paul my husband and you're like (laughs) awkward yeah she was holding off that one for a bit yes it was really weird and the lights flicker when they're having this exchange where he's like Love. and then they talk and it's lovely and sure and they best friends and then his wife comes out from the corner and she's like um you need to get out of here you need to leave and he's like my wife isn't feeling very well and then he grabs her by the arm and he's all like shut the fuck up bitch and you're like ooh, not cool yeah. and then they start speaking in french to each other and it's all very strange and um yeah it's a bit weird um, and they're I'm just gonna take it they're not in France they're not in France Emer. okay they're 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 definitely sure. not they're in um America somewhere yeah and then they go home and it's night time again they're in the bed um they start to have a conversation about how fucking weird Will was obviously B's like how dare you Will was not weird at all that woman was weird and he's like that woman his wife that who you like, mean yeah whatevs and uh, she he's like um did you not see how he like grabbed her arm and was really awful and she's like well obviously that woman did something and deserved it (laughs) oh wow paul is as suitably shocked as you should be (laughs) yeah so that's good he's kind of like okay uh so then the lights flicker on and off again his alarm goes off. Mm-hmm. He gets up. It's like stupid o'clock in the morning. Um, you know that he's kind of doing this whole thing of like, I can be a big man. I can catch some fish, blah, 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 blah. And then he walks out and he realizes it's actually a quarter to four in the morning. And he's like, my alarm went off too early. It's really weird. He goes back into the house um, and she's gone out of the bed. He thinks she's in the bathroom. She's not. Um, then he looks all over the house. She's not there. The next thing in my notes is capitals. There is a fucking moth because I hate them. Um, and then he notices that the side door is open and he goes into the woods and he's looking for his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, so he thinks it's a joke, but also not. Like he's like, this isn't funny. He's like, ha 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 ha. Come back. Where are you? It's not okay. He thinks he sees something in the corner of his eye, and then he finds her. And it's a little bit of a um it's a little bit of a Blair Witch moment. She's like facing into oh, a tree. No. She's completely naked. Um I'd also like to point out, I watch these movies at the moment while walking on the treadmill. So I was like, I'm going to die if I get a jump here. I'm going to jump, (laughs) I'm going to fall, I'm going to die. And this will be the end of the podcast. Oh, Uh, please put that on your obituary, like on your tombstone. She died doing what she loved, like walking on treadmill (laughs) and getting scared. While watching her. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, she's completely naked. Um, He brings her back into the house. And she's like, I'm fine, I'm fine. I must have been sleepwalking. I'm so sorry. And he's like, why aren't you more freaked out about this? Like, like he's really, really worried about it. And she's like, no, look, it's fine. It's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Just leave it. Um, so uh, we know she probably wasn't 
sleepwalking. Um, so he thinks he saw something in the woods. She's like, no, there was nothing. It's totally fine. Next morning, she's making breakfast. She's like, I'm making you French toast. She's completely normal. He's like, are you okay? Do you need to talk about stuff? And he, she's like, oh. And then he starts to smell this burning. He looks at the cooker and the, it's just bread on like the grill. She hasn't battered anything. And he's uh-huh. like, oh, you forgot to do anything. Why and she's like, up? yeah, she's like, no, I didn't. And he's like, you did. Like, there's nothing. She's like, oh, God, sorry. Sorry. Um, yeah, I'm just feeling a bit funny. And then she's like, but I did make you coffee. So he pours the coffee into the uh, pot and it's just boiling water. And he's like, this is mm. fucking weird. So it yeah. is all a bit strange. And then uh, they go to, they get into the boat again. They're going um, for a little bit of a sail. <laughs> It's like it's not a drive. There is a boat. Mosey on a lake. Mosey on a lake. Um, she's a little bit more dis- disheveled uh, mm-hmm. than she was being kind of presented earlier. Um, so she was quite glam before, like her hair was always done and stuff. Now she kind of looks like I do 95% of the time sitting <laughs> at home in uh, during COVID. And he picks on, he has this uh, fishing net that you would have had years ago if you'd gotten at like a seaside shop. Um, And he picks up this frog and he's like, I'm going to eat it. (laughs) And uh, she's not impressed. And she's like, like, I thought you think that was funny. Like you killed a frog. And she's like, it's not funny. And the day before they had, they were going to jump into the, the lake, but it was freezing. So they didn't. And um, they go out to the middle of the lake and she's like, jump in, let's jump in. She just jumps into the lake. They both realize that this is a bit fucking weird. And she's like, oh, probably shouldn't have done that. And he's like, why did you jump yeah. into the lake? You knew it was freezing. It's all very strange. And she's like, look, I'm just really tired from the drive and the wedding and stuff. And he's like, the wedding? Sure, you were the one who wanted to get married and um, all this stuff. And she's like, no, not the wedding. And now, in fairness, I can totally understand. It's a very tiring time. We came back. We left. We got married the second day. Then we came home. And then we went to Edinburgh. And our our, um, hotel was like just next door to a cinema so the first night we were actually like well we just go to the cinema and we both fell asleep during the film <laughs> because we were just so wrecked like and we literally had like a half an hour flight it's not like we went on this like transatlantic like over seven hours or something it just yeah. wasn't um so he has her he's kind of trying to dry her off he realizes that she has these bites on her legs she's like no it's just mosquitoes and gets really erratic that he's asking. She's like, it doesn't look like mosquitoes. Um, and then he's like, she goes to sleep. He decides, I'm going to have a look in the woods. See, can I find something? There has to be something going on. Um, he finds her nightdress and her nightdress has been like ripped to shreds. Um, it's And there's like, this, <laughs> there's like this kind of gooey substance on it. So I think he's kind of like, is this jizz? <laughs> did she meet your man and this is what happened and um so you're kind of like 
and there's a footprint and he's like oh it's too big to be my footprint so he genuinely thinks that she just went to meet this guy right yeah and uh he comes back uh into the house and um she's up and she's looking in the mirror and she is like practicing the speech where she's like oh my stomach is really iffy oh no I just have this really bad headache like I took some Tylenol no I'm totally fine it's just not working and he's like it's really weird and she's like practicing the speech so that she can say it and he goes into bed and she comes in so they then go out and they make this um like he makes this fire and they do this s'mores kind of thing they roast Mm -hmm. marshmallows she eats them straight away she doesn't burn herself it's all a bit weird he's like it's very strange they then start to play this game where it's just dice and she throws the dice and he throws the dice and she says something he's like or you could just say it normally i didn't really get that to be honest so um and then um he like they're all over each other and they're okay. kissing and they're just about to get down to it. And she goes, do you know what? I have a really bad headache. I've talked some Tylenol, oh. but it didn't work. And he's like. This sounds familiar. Yeah, I've heard this earlier when you were talking to yourself. So he turns away and he's like, uh, he doesn't really know what to say. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah. And he turns around to her and he goes um is do you just not want to sleep with me or something she's like why would you say that oh my god and he's like I just get the feeling that you don't want to there's something going on and she's like no not at all and then he asks her to get the night dress she gets really angry about that and then he's like look I just need to know did something happened happen are you okay did like were you hurt um if it was a case that you actually met this guy after a couple of years and you were just wondering what would it be like he's actually kind of like look I get that yeah and that's fine and we can work through that if that's what it is but I need to know that you're you were safe and you nothing happened to you that you didn't want to uh, happen to you so she's not very uh she's not happy with this at all and they go to bed he pretends he's sleeping he's not she um gets up and he follows her and then she comes back into the room and she he's like where were you and she's like i'm getting a drink and she he's like where's your glass and she's like shut up (laughs) and they just go to sleep (laughs) so they're not very uh happy then they notice that the lights are shining through every door and your man is like what the fuck is this um and he wakes up and uh he like it's checking it's going through each one and it's like you know again in all capitals I have again I'm on a treadmill I'm terrified so the light is moving around the house and uh he goes out to see um what's happening and you can see that somebody moved in the woods and he shoots a warning shot and she's then out on the balcony she's like what the fuck are you doing you can't do that here um like and then <laughs> our lights flickered oh yeah so i was like not cool um so he then shows her the night dress and he's like i found this like what is going on and she's like no this is you're a dickhead leave me alone <laughs> 
and um, he uh, he turns around and he goes, if you're not going to tell me what happened, I'm going to go find him. And he goes into the, uh, he goes into her room and she's writing something down. And you can see that it's, um, my name is B, my husband is Paul. Um, and she's just trying to be normal. Um, and he's like, what are you writing? She gets real angry. And then um, <laughs> he like hits ants. She gets really annoyed about this. It's really weird. And it looks, her bites are getting way worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they go on to the boat and they have this really intense like fish tackling kind of scene it's really weird um, and he turns around and goes I, I want to leave I, I can't be here anymore I miss you um, I don't know what's happening here um, this is really strange yeah um, and she's like no I just want to make you happy they start to kiss again Again, he's like, goes straight to start fingering her on the boat. There is a lot of blood. Oh. A lot of blood. Maybe he did break her wound. (laughs) He fucking did. (laughs) So he's like, what the fuck is going on? She's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. Oh my God, it's fine. Like, get over yourself. It's fine. And then they go back into the house and he's like, we have to go to a doctor. And she's yeah. like, us as being women, we can say, That's period. Like he was like, she okay. was like, get over yourself. It's a heavy period. And he was like, no, I've been with you for the last couple of months that we were planning this wedding. And you meticulously made sure that it didn't yeah. happen around this time of the month, which is hundred yeah. percent something that you actually have to plan. So I was like, yeah. this film is actually thinking about shit. Yeah. So he's like, no, this is, there's something wrong. I'm going to find out what happened in the woods. If you won't tell me, I'm going to go to that guy and I'm going to find out what happened. So he goes down, he tries to find Will and he finds the wife. And the wife is there with loads of rope. And she like, she looks really disheveled and she's going down. And he notices that she has the bites on her leg as well. And he's like, what happened to you? Because he turns around to the wife and he's like, you're bleeding. You have really bad marks and bruises on your thighs. Something happened and I want to make sure you're okay. And he turns around to the woman. He's like, did your husband do this to you? Like, are you okay? And Uh he's really like making sure that these women are okay. And she's like, you need to leave. You're not safe here. You need to go. And she gets onto a boat and she goes away. And then he finds Will's hat with blood in it. So he's kind of like, oh, right. So he goes into the house. He looks around the house. He ends up in there. like some room where there's a computer and he starts looking at their uh, CCTV coverage mm-hmm. and he sees the wife leave and come back and it's all very strange and then he looks at the wall and the wall has all these notes on it as well okay and he's like hmm this is very strange and he comes back and he says it to be he's like what he, he goes in he opens her notebook and he's like what what the fuck is this like and it's writing down so it's like my name is b my husband is paul i live in i like peanut butter i like the color purple i don't like berries and i was thinking it was real like your french and irish oral yeah so it was like grania sanam dum tommy imaconi yeah 
it's even my parents hair color is yeah so it was real kind of like and he was like why are you writing these things down these aren't normal why like why and she's like I don't know I don't know and he's like and then she starts to ream it off so she's like my name is B my husband is Paul we live in New York blah blah blah. so it's it's like she's trying to it's like she has a memory issue or anything like that yeah and she's trying to kind of be like this is normal it's fine I'm totally normal um and it's yeah it's all very strange and then they so he's like I love you and um I I just want my wife back Mm -hmm. and she's like you have to go I'm trying to protect you 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 can't be here then she goes into her bathroom he follows her in she is searching a massive knife type thing inside her there is blood everywhere and I was like what the fuck am I watching yeah holy Um, shit so he's like uh fucking stop and she's like probably won't so then he (laughs) picks her up he ties her to the bed he's like what the fuck is happening and she's like you need to go you need to go and he's like but like, where is my wife? You're not my wife. Like, mm. and mm, so he starts to ask her questions. He's like, how did we get engaged? And she's like, you proposed when we were camping. And he's like, she's like, we were under the stars. It was beautiful. He starts to cry. He's like, no, I didn't. We were supposed to do that. But that's not what we did. Why can't you remember these things? And she's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then he starts like staring at her feet. And he's like, you have the same feet as my wife. You have the same toes as my wife. And he starts being weird with her toes. And then he's like, you have the same legs as my wife. And he's like moving up. And he's like, you smell like my wife. And he's all like... And then he's like, you taste like my wife. And then again, hand in between the fucking legs. And I'm like, man, like every time you've done this, something really fucking bad has happened. Pulls out her hand. He just had a knife up there. He just had a knife up there. And he's like, do you like this feeling? And I'm like, Mm. good God, man. Like, good God. There is like slime. There's like, and then she's like, you have to get it out of me. So then he inserts his hand into her and he starts to pull this motherfucking tentacle kind of shit out of her um it goes on for quite a while it's absolutely vile um warren at this stage was like what the fuck are you watching and i was like you weren't supposed to be here for this I was like, this is my podcast time where I watch movies and you do something else. And you just happen to come in on the one that has been the worst so far. Um, So, yeah, that happens. And it's fucking disgusting. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's it's manky. And she then the light starts to come in again. And she gets like obviously he's like really freaked out. Um, she's like, something really bad happened to me in the woods. She's off the bed at this stage, and she says that she saw these figures. So basically, what happened was I imagine an alien abduction kind uh-huh. of thing, right. 
and um she's like something really bad happened i've been trying to protect you i want to keep you safe i need to hide you i need to hide you from these people they're going to take you they are going to take me as well but i i can't let them take you so um he's like you're talking crazy we'll just go back to the um go back to the city it's fine everything was fine before we came here she's like absolutely not and then she's kind of like okay maybe then she picks something up she smacks him in the head she knocks him out then they wake up they're on the boat he's tied up in her amazing knots so you're like oh yeah 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 there's the 12 12 years of sky girls uh, scared girls, girl guides or whatever. <laughs> and um, she turns around and she's like, um, yeah, okay, um, I just need to hide you. I need to hide you somewhere. And you can see that she has the anchor. Yeah. She's tying him to the anchor. And he's like, what are you doing? And, like, and she's like, I'm going to hide you in the water. They're never going to find you in the water. And he's like, no, 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 you, you can't. Like, I can't breathe. I'll die. She throws the anchor over and he's like, she's like, no, it's a really excellent idea. Like they're not going to find you under there. Like it's a great idea. And um, I was kind of like, in theory, actually quite a good idea. They probably won't find him, but he's just not going to fight. So he, he's pulled under and uh, she goes back to the house and um, it's nighttime. And then the lights come through and um, Will's wife comes to the door and is all like, you ready? Let's go. Mm-hmm. And they both walk into the woods the together. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And when he was pulling the tentacle out in that horrific yeah. scene, did anything come from it or did he did did he get to the end of whatever? He yeah, was like out? they pull it out, but it's just like a big, long tentacle. Like there's a... Oh. <laughs> end of it oh like a mouth kind of like it kind of oh it's just it's vile yeah vile I was like it kind of reminded me of do you remember that film teeth yes yeah and you were kind of like my god like the poor girl like so many times people try to assault her yes um but like I was just like why why do you keep going back to this area in this film that every time you've done it something bad has happened like just leave her alone if you genuinely think something has happened and she actually has like an injury there leave her alone this yeah. is bad um i <laughs> i used to work in action vision and uh, myself and grace were working there and this guy and his girlfriend walked up and they were renting teeth and myself and Grace were both on the cash registers. And I was like, have, have you guys seen this? And they were like, no. And I was like, are you are going out? Yeah. Mm. And they were like, yeah. And both myself and Grace went, you don't want to watch this movie together. Mm-mm. And they were like, no, look, you know, we do. And we were like, you absolutely don't, but no problem. And then when they brought it back, we were kind of both like, and they were like yeah 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 not the romantic film we were hoping for not the romantic film um so yeah the honeymoon uh romantic to a sense that you know it was their honeymoon and then it was just fucking vile again wow like, not that i haven't been a i haven't seen a horror in quite a while that like is kind of like my horrors you know um because i've seen so many of them already but it just I was just like this is bananas and I was like how do I describe this as well like did like 
No. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was that was my second romantic. Wow. Power. So I am um, give it a miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you yeah. ever want to be able to have relations with your other half again. Yeah, it's not a nice honeymoon film. No. Don't no. go by title alone. No, absolutely not. Um. Yeah. So that brings us on to our our. our uh, our hundred films yeah Yeah. i was thinking of like yeah so films you can't really describe what's happening about it to another film where you can't really describe what's happening about it absolutely quite boring it's uh, a 1962 day of the triffids which was based off of the book written of the same name by uh, written by john one windham windham and that was released in 1951 Mm -hmm. it's a sci-fi about a meteor shower it opens up with this meteor shower um and it's this once in a lifetime spectacle and then we're showing that there is a man in a hospital and he has just had an eye operation and he's like once in a lifetime i'll miss out on this i won't be able to see it what's going on and they're like oh look you know you're just gonna have to not see it we can't take the wrappings off you till the next day and then there's also another scene of a man in a uh, like botanical gardens kind of uh, it's all glass house it's where all the plants are in there and they were also they were there was someone talking over in the very opening scene about um this plant called the trifidus something or other which had come from a meteor so obviously and there was a previous meteor and then there was this big giant meteor shower so this new trifid plant had come off the back of a previous meteor and it was in this glass house and it grows and so there's a caretaker there and he's a bit worried. He's looking around because you can hear this noise and we can see slowly but surely that the triffid grows to mm-hmm. like a height of over six feet. And then it slowly crawls forward with like one leg, like going forward and helping it move. Um, and then eventually it stalks up to the man, sprays like a green acid kind of thing on them it's meant to debilitate the person or whatever it, it catches and then it eats them yeah um and then we're brought back to our protagonist bill the guy who had the eye operation it's the next morning he was there like the night before he was chatting to the nurse and he was like will you be as pretty as they say you are and she's like oh you'll just have to find out in the morning and i'm like if i was that nurse i'd be like i'm calling in the sick day um so anyway i'd be like yes i am i'm a yeah. fucking right yeah and it's also inappropriate. <laughs> uh, but it's the 60s and, you know, that shit flies. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, it was totally fine for you. It's sexually harassed. Uh, it's sexually harassed people then. Ah, <laughs> totally fine. You, but uh, so the Big Ben, because we're in London, Big Ben chimes and it's nine o'clock. And he's like, oh, I should have been woken up a lot earlier. And so he starts calling out for people. Again, he's bandaged. She can't see. She's walking around his room and no one is coming to him. And he hears this, as he calls it, an echo through the room. And he's like, shit, there's no one here. So he goes back into his room and he's kind of like, what am I going to do? He tries to ring and there's no answer on the phone. And he hears someone screaming. So he's like, right, feck this. He takes off his bandages and he can see he's getting his vision back. And then he puts on his nightdress uh, or dressing gown and he goes, yeah, he also had a jizzed up nightdress. Uh, no, he puts on his dressing gown and then it's the hospital is in disarray. There's just, it's chaos. There's stuff thrown everywhere, but there's not a soul there. And then he bumps into his doctor who is blind. And he gets him to bring him up to his office and he's like, shine the light in my eye. And he goes, nothing. He goes, there's damage to my retinal um, 
yeah, like to my retinas, like I can't see anything. He goes, it was the the meteor shower because anyone who watched the meteor shower is now blind. And so yeah. that meteor shower happened around the world. So therefore everyone around the world is blind. Don't know whether it's temporary, permanent or what, but you are blind. Um, they were encouraging people on the news to not leave their house because there's been so many accidents. Like the doctor, he asks Bill to go get something from his office. And then he either, I'm not sure if he fell out or he decided all right, there's the window. I'm going to jump out because I can't see. I don't know whether like he fell or jumped. Yeah. But anyway, there's, it goes to show that someone has died because they can't see. So they're trying to state if you, like some people uh, weren't affected by it. People who were, say, didn't bother looking at it, slept through the night, whatever, weren't interested, didn't see it. And there's also flitting back to this couple, this um like a botanist, I think, oh, yeah, and his like wife. A research couple or something. Yeah, and they're in a lighthouse, and they didn't bother looking at it because they were working. And the husband is an alcoholic and um, a dick. He is an asshole, and he wants. He's like, I'm sick of this. I want to go back to land where I can get whiskey more than once a week. And you're just like, Jesus. And the wife is like, she's so far over it. He even says he's like, oh, you're too good of a woman for me, but then doesn't do anything like to be a, a nice matter. Yeah. It turns out that that whole footage, they brought those two actors on after in post-production and made them scene, film all their scenes together because when they had the rest of the film, they only had 57 minutes of film, of footage. Like 57 minutes of... Yeah, snooze fest and walking plants. That sound, like as they walk, it sounds like someone's blowing a bubble through like a drink yeah. or um, and then I'd also like sometimes when they're walking, it just reminded me of a wet fart. Yeah, they were the wet two sounds that like the bubbling noise when they're like, oh, yeah. Anyway, like, but, would you recommend it? No, no, but neither would I. The only part of it I would recommend for people is. So basically the long and the short of it is this guy, Bill, he goes out into London. London's abandoned. And it's great because in the 60s, they would have gotten to film the streets empty. And Danny Boyle was influenced by this majorly for 28 days later. So the scene where you have Killian Murphy's character walking through London and it's all abandoned. Like there is even a part where Bill, he meets up with this girl called Susan, this young girl who was on a train overnight. And so she didn't see the meter share so she can see. And so the two of them pair up together and they're walking across a bridge with Big Ben in the background and the streets abandoned. And I was just like, holy shit, this is 28 days later because Killian Murphy's character is on a bridge and there's Big Ben in the background and the streets are abandoned. But in this, the streets aren't fully abandoned because you have people just like walking into stuff and walking around, like not being able to see. So Bill just decides he's a naval man and he is like, let's go to the boat no one can see on that and then you've also like a plane is about to crash because no one can guide them down mm-hmm. um a train explodes before that because again no one can see what they're doing so it's it is it's a very good tell you what it's not a horror film it's definitely a not a horror film. it's a disaster film with what it's a disaster over film over film yeah Jesus <laughs> couldn't have said that better myself but in the end he's like right let's go to france and then they get to France because uh, he thinks that there's a meeting there. But then the meeting gets cancelled because no one can make it because no one can see. Uh, so they get to France for no bloody reason. Like they sail. They bloody well sail to France. Then he's like, right, let's go to Spain. Uh, I have a feeling for some reason we're going to get saved in Spain. And they come across people who can see. And then the, again, it's like the plants. Turns out the plants are attracted to noise. So that's how they also manage to distract them and get away. And the couple in the lighthouse are like, we're fucked. No one's going to come and save us. And so... 
the plants have like surrounded the lighthouse and then they come in to attack them. And so they have a fire hose, but it's made of seawater because obviously they're in a lighthouse. Yes. That's not attached to land. It's like out in the middle of nowhere. And so um, he hits them with water. He's ran out of stuff to attack them. And the seawater makes them dissolve to nothing. So it's like, so it's basically Bill, Susan and some other woman who they've brought along the way from France uh, are going to, there's a submarine in Alicante in Spain. And so they go to that and they're all going to get safety from there. Everyone who can see joins them there. Um, and then also the couple have managed to figure out how to save everybody. But of course, they are abandoned in a fucking lighthouse mm-hmm. with no way of being able to tell people where they are. And everyone else just goes to some church in possibly another part of Spain. I don't know. It doesn't wind the film up nicely. And it was an hour and a half. We're not getting back. No, I would say um, it's skip it and watch 28 Days Later. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's the same film just with zombies. Yeah, and done uh, well. <laughs> yeah, just th- instead of thinking slow moving plants, fast moving zombies who yeah. are attacked by a rage virus. Yeah, and the rage I felt was that nothing's happening. It was just, <laughs> and we were texting about it, and my sister was like, "You can't tell mum that because it used to be a story that she would read us yeah. at night." And I was like, "I can understand Maybe why." Better. Because, but even if it's not. Yeah, it would send you to sleep. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, I don't even know if they got the idea of the film, th- like from the book through properly in the film. Like, I know you can be so much more descriptive in a book and that mm-hmm. maybe you like wait, it couldn't have come through properly in the film. But Jesus, I know they've also done remakes of it. Yeah, there was one in 2009. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Oh, <laughs> give it all a big miss. So next week we will have Aaron from First Class Horror on, which I'm yes. excited about. And we are talking about like revenge, unrequited love, um, the dark side to romance, which horror plays into so very well. Yeah. So um, yeah, we're not quite over our Valentine's theme just yet. No. So lovers, stay around. Yes, Hannah, light a candle, make it all romantic. And don't watch any of the films that Grace had picked. Absolutely don't watch any of them. <laughs> and um, if at first you don't succeed, don't try again. No, this isn't the thing where it's like, God loves a trier. No, no, no. God arrests the trier. If there is oozing. Yeah. That's a big sign. Leave it alone. No. Leave it alone. <laughs> Leave it alone. And with that, um, <laughs> tune in next week where we'll be talking again, as we said, unrequited love, revenge horror. And uh, so follow us on Instagram on Because You're Home with an underscore in between every word. And we are also on Facebook on Because You're Home podcast. Um, and yeah, we're also on all platforms that you listen to a podcast on. And if you're on Apple, would you be so good as to give us a rate and review? Yes. Yeah, that would be amazing. We have two ratings at the moment. We'd love more. Yeah. I mean, two is nice but I'd like more. Yeah. Yeah. And we will talk to you soon because that is my stomach rumbling. Quite <laughs> Mine's been rumbling for the last half hour. Y'all. So fucking hungry. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>